Last week, the Air Services Licensing Council has given the South African Airways 90 days to address breaches of aviation law or risk losing its air service licenses. The council asked, amongst other things, for more information regarding the status of the Takatsa Consortium's acquisition of a 51% stake in the airline. The consortium issued a short statement today in which it reaffirmed its commitment to complete the deal as soon as possible and that it is working closely with government to get it finalized. Chepo Mashlule is with me in studio. He's the chief executive of Harif General Partners and the chairman of the Takatsa Consortium. Chepo, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, What exactly is the status of this transaction at the moment? Rick, thanks for having me. Perhaps to give a bit of context to the whole process where we are, we we very much well aware that uh, it has taken a while since I uh, mentioned uh, uh, last year. You know, when you're dealing with uh, some of these regulatory processes and perhaps like, you know, what some of the perhaps government has to go through, we very much well understand that there are bureaucratic processes and uh, it has also been, I think, maybe to be honest and frank with yourself, sometimes a bit uh, frustrating. However, we have to accept that we have to go through these processes and they are regulatory sometimes, and then, but we have to be very cognizant of them because unless we go through them and do them properly, we will fall foul of you know, some of those uh, process that we have to go through and we will be found wanting and we do not want to be found you want wanting to do it properly of going over through those processes and they are many if you consider that you know there are various uh, entities which regulate that process and from a department of public enterprises point of view initially between itself and national treasury having like to like you know, whole issues of um, pfma you know and then from um all the issues that they have to like now, which then relate to even SAA as a uh, state-owned institution, it having its own sort of like regulatory issues. SAA as itself uh, operating within a regulated environment, you know, it having the processes that it must go through itself. Uh, so there are all those. And at different times, then, you know, they have to go through that. The current one, which came out last week, maybe if I can just maybe like take you through that one. From our point of view, we have not as yet concluded the takeover of SAA. That is still a process that is unfolding with government. There are still conditions, President, which still have to be met with government. And at the moment, we are still going through competition commission and until some of those processes go through we are not in a position whereby even perhaps i think saa is even in a position to go and file anything perhaps with perhaps the caa to say we have concluded a transaction with this because we have not reached that financial closure yet so it's also i think a bit odd that perhaps the caa would say you know give us a sale and purchase agreement of a transaction not concluded yet, which is perhaps still subject to some of the conditions perhaps of the competition commission. And saying that you have like changed, you know, ownership when ownership has not even changed yet. So those are some of the challenges perhaps which, you know, you you see happening and which SAA itself has to go through. It is not the consortium. And so SAA must go through that. 
at this stage, we are going through competition commission uh, processes with, you know, a government, and that process is proceeding. Albeit not as fast as we would have liked to, there are many interested parties in that process. So you believe the council acted um, without taking into cognizance that the, the process of this transaction is very, very complicated and is taking longer than expected? I am not going to say the council acted in any other way. I think there are other conditions in that letter other than the issue of the Takato Consortium because there are issues also of like you know, of post holders in the letter which have to be like attended yeah. the to financial position the changes financial and position and all those issues perhaps the takato transaction like you no know, becomes maybe more the one to focus on from a, a public point of view but in relation to where the process of the transaction is i am sure saa will be able to respond to that but that process is still unfolding at the competition commission with the government and there are still issues which then are still unraveling there. We do not know are there still going to be conditions imposed on the transactions or not. There are still interested parties which are also putting their hands up in respect to that uh, process. So, And that is taking a slightly a bit longer than what we thought it would be. But are the hurdles administrative in nature or are there certain strategic uh, differences between the parties that is delaying the process? Yeah. From a competition commission point of view, I think from between ourselves and um, the Department of Public Enterprises, not so much so. However, I think we need to be sort of like uh, perhaps uh, transparent and say that, you know, there are other sort of like regulatory processes that besides the competition commission that still need to be satisfied in relation to uh, the government side. I mean, for instance, the issue of legislations which would need to be passed for the finalization of the transaction. Though or some of those conditions are in the sale and purchase agreement. And there are, you know, and, and that's perhaps some of the challenges, as I'm indicating, need to be passed. And that's why I say, like, unless you go through those, you know, properly, you know, you're going to find yourself wanting. And as I say, it is what it is, a bit challenging, taking a bit longer, cost a pretty penny. However, that's what, you know, unless you now go through the, some of those properly, you are going to find yourself wanting. But we are finding that, like, some of those, they are moving a bit uh, slower. We need to say... We, we cannot deny that there is a bit of a contested territory, if I can put it mildly, if I can. <laughs> can you maybe expand <laughs> on that? <laughs> Let's be honest. I, mean, right? I think that uh, the, the transaction in itself, you know, it, it has caused a bit of noise from a uh, perhaps a, a party point of view. Like, and, and as we know, some of these things, perhaps like even ESCO, SAA, some of like the others have become perhaps battlegrounds for some of the contestants and perhaps they're causing that. And that's a, perhaps the way I would see some of those things. So, and so, and so therefore, going through the processes and the motions side of things, we do need to then ensure that from a processes, from a governance 
and a regulatory point of view that these steps are done properly. And we, from the Qatar point of view, we need to make sure that we go through those without falling foul of any of those regulations or processes that government on its side needs to go through. But, but that sounds concerning because in many ways this transaction would be a blueprint for other state-owned enterprises uh, when and if they would go the strategic equity partner route. Mm -hmm. uh, are you saying that the political infighting within the ruling party is one of the reasons why the actual signing of the final agreement is being delayed? Not from the government point of view. We know that we have been working very well with the you know, Department of Public Enterprises and in government in terms of executing on the transaction. We know that perhaps from the outside point of view, there have been some of like the noise or the challenges or the, but, or maybe some of like from the outside point of view, but then from a government point of view, from a Department of Public Enterprises point of view, we have been working and going ahead in terms of ensuring that that is done. We, we have not uh, been seen any uh, sort of like uh, stalling from the Department of Public Enterprises. Uh, so for, from our point of view, we've seen that. But, and we believe that from a public-private partnership point of view, it's perhaps some of the models which need to be done more. In terms of like ensuring that like we can bring some of like private sector, like you no know, capital willing to take risk alongside the public sector, bringing some of the efficiencies, take some of like you no know, the risk and like you no know, make and bringing some of like you no know, the governance processes and, uh, you know, make this, you know, asset work and save a great brand that needs to, that, that can do that. And we have seen how, you know, this lack of perhaps even this entity being in the market has done to, to prices in the market and what that sort of like has done. And we believe that that opportunity is there. And unless that, you know, it needs to be satisfied because like the, that gap is clearly there. But the council has now given the SAA 90 days to comply and provide it with answers to the issues they have raised. Mm. Do you think within the 90-day deadline you would be able to get all the regulatory approvals you need? I uh, I honestly hope so. They have to. Sometimes, you know, you need, uh, you know, sometimes like you know, in closing a deal, you need, you know, that sometimes even put the date to it. You know, people will keep on dragging their feet. Perhaps sometimes you need some of that pressure to ensure that, uh, you know, you get to the deadline and make sure that that happens and some of this perhaps you know we will help to ensure that that gets happen or like no we get to a deadline from our side you know we're doing everything on our side to ensure that that happens we hope that saa on their side will be able to do it but in our we engaged on a daily basis to to address you know all the finer details of the uh, negotiations we're having with with our counterparty we, we we spoke a few months ago, and one of the issues you've raised was the unavailability of financial statements for the SAA, and that's been a a problem we've seen for many many years. Yeah. Um, have you had access to those statements to be able to do a proper due diligence? We are now aware that like the Auditor General has now like finished uh, some of the other years in terms of like that and then they are in the process of wrapping up I think the last year in terms of that so we're hoping that those should be 
uh, finalized very soon. We are aware that they have done the other preceding years and that they should finish the other years now from, from what we've been told. But SAA uh, board and management, um, we are told that they are working very hard on that to ensure that those are done. And those must be done. Now. And as you also saw, I think in a letter from the CAA, they are demanding that some of those get wrapped up. Because I think even for enclosure of the transaction, there are so like certain undertakings which need to be given to ensure that that is in place. So have you been able to do a proper due diligence? Do you know actually what you are buying? We have been able to to do that because if you look at also the way in which the transaction is structured, it's on a basis of we taking it, you know, we, we excluding from a BRP process, we ensure that that BR, the debt debt which was supposed to be ring-fenced in a BRP process is supposed to be taken care of. And it's not saying that it's anything new, but it was supposed to have been taken care of and it was supposed to have been provided for. So on that basis, we know what should be uh, starting off because when then SAA started afresh, that you know, is the basis upon which then that should be starting on. And then so therefore, when we then come in, should be on a basis of coming in with the new capital to sort of like, you know, ensure that, you know, we can pump in uh, working capital to sort of grow it up and like to ensure like the, the ongoing growth of the entity because that's what SAA right now needs. It needs more money. And uh, we even think that it might even need even, because if you look at the market right now and how it's also been dissipated and like, you know, if you look at issues of fuel, issues of infrastructure, issues of like, you know, airlines flying in, it's a very much different marketplace, like competition-wise to what was there even 18 months ago. So it's much more competitive. So we even thinking that, even the initial, so like uh, three billion, that might be necessary. Like you know, the stretch might even be a bit more than that as we as we come in. So it's going to be an even bigger competitive landscape that we're going to need to be. So we're going to pump in the capital based on uh, taking on the initial, so like assets of that we're taking over, and we're giving that initial value to government based on the buildings that they are living in. And that is also, because you must know that the other assets, the the, the, the six planes which are there are all leased. There isn't all those other assets within that. And that was to ensure that at least we can have government still keeping for the 9% stake, but we can go in there and be able to run the business and be able to make the asset compete and turn it around. Yeah, the main assets would be the licenses as well the as li- the brand. And the brand, because the other stuff in there, you have to change the whole culture. You have to change all the systems. Uh, you have to go in there and almost start afresh to make it to be able to be competitive. Uh, you Basically, the main thing we be believing that like is more the brand. If you, you know, you've heard people like talking about like, uh, the roots, all those things. But, I mean, the, you know how competitive, like, the whole thing, I mean, to, to London is, into, like, it making money or not making money. Right now, you have uh, to New York or, like, to to the to Atlanta, you have Delta, you have, like, uh, you know, uh, United now flying in directly. 
even to Johannesburg and to Cape Town. So if you, the value of those and you come in behind and all this has like dissipated. Mm. And also your, your competition landscape is not what as easy as it used to be then. You have all these other international airlines now flying not just to or Tambo, but to Cape Town, to even Durban. So it's a much more tougher landscape to to get in. So our model has to take all those into account and see how you position this new SAA coming back. The SAA is flying at the moment. Yes. And uh, do you have any insights as to their operational performance? Uh, uh, we, we do have a bit of that. We know that it's a very challenging times for them. We know it's very challenging times, actually, for even some of the players. Uh, if you consider, uh, I mean, what I mean, it, it's, it's very easy to like see how many planes that they are flying, what their market share. Their market share is not what it used to be before BRP. If you look at what Airlink is doing, if you look at what you know, Safe is doing. We have to be very honest about those. Like you can calculate that. It's not. Uh, it's not. It's uh, at the moment. I think they're less than eight uh, percent of the market. It's a very different airline to the one that uh, people were. Well, BA, aware of. BA <laughs> and Kalula have stopped operations. Doesn't that change the the playing field a bit? But then Safe and Airlink. If you look at like you know, how much uh, planes right now Airlink has got. If you look at what Safe has done to like gobbling the market up. And uh, SAA still remains with the uh, six or seven, you know, lease planes. It still has not uh, been able to like uh, rev up as much as the other ones have been able to like. Airlink has like over fifty planes. <laughs> but the the transaction was announced back in June last year, so it's been more than a year now, and. A lot has happened during that year, as you've just articulated, you know, the, um, <laughs> and uh, in any private sector negotiation, you know, you will take into account those changes. Yeah. And now we're sitting close <laughs> to the middle of August. Um, you have a 90 day deadline, you know, to go and renegotiate some of the terms because of the changes in the environment could be challenging. What is your attitude still towards this deal? Because it seems as if it is not proceeding or hasn't proceeded as you would have foreseen it. Uh, I think, you know, Rick, it's from a proceeding as we not we knew that it was going to be a um, difficult transaction negotiating with, uh, with government from a terms point of view. Uh, from a market point of view, look, we started negotiating during COVID, very difficult times. We knew that it was always going to be a bit of a challenge. Uh, even when, you know, the uh, SAA started flying, when uh, Kome and Kulula got back into the market, I mean, at the time, we also thought that they, like, you know, got up into the, back into the market a bit too early. We thought that maybe they got too uh, aggressive, uh, I mean, Kulula and Kome, and as you are aware, like, we actually even made a bid for them before we made bid for the other one. So, like, so, so we did have a bit of maybe that that insight uh, as to you know uh, maybe that I, I will be you know a bit um, honest and say like the extent to which uh, I think now the international players have come into the South African play. You know, we here I 
we hadn't modeled that to that extent. So that, so that has been a bit, I think, bruising, maybe to the, so like, you know, I think international sort of like, you know, modeling within the plan that we have to be really honest in that regard. And that we have to sort of like uh, reassess and how that is going to work into even affecting your, your, your ancillary sort of like strategy. Um, negotiating with the government is not that easy. We still think that on the initial terms that we had uh, agreed upon, we can still make this model work. It was not going to be, it was going to be a model on which we're going to like be driven by the, by the, by the demand and take it, build it up properly and not because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an environment in which like now we've got now very high, uh, interest rate, inflation going up, it's very sort of like tough market, so like uh, debt is becoming like very expensive, so, but and also, it's also an environment wherein like, you no, know, you can use it to take on your incumbents in a different manner to like the way where they find themselves right now. So how we use that is like, can also be in to, to our advantage from the base that which we start. So I think we, we can still sit with the conditions we had negotiated, uh, hoping that those do not uh, deteriorate further than what they've already deteriorated now. But I think the opportunity to get in and scale up will need to be taken perhaps sooner than what we thought maybe uh, initially would be. We thought that it would be a bit a slow, so like built, but I think uh, seeing what has happened, the the, uh, the growth will perhaps thereafter need to be a bit slightly more aggressive than what uh, we had modeled for. That's an interesting perspective. <laughs> so, but don't you feel in a bit of a cul-de-sac? You know, you're going to need to sign that agreement and then make due with the market as it is. The, well, put it the, differently, can you walk away still? <laughs> Rick, I think uh, can we walk away? At, at the moment, we're still committed to to the transaction. At the moment, we still believe that the opportunity is still there. If you look at where uh, you know we'll be starting off at, and if you look at where the other competitors, especially the SA based, so like no competitors are at, we still believe that the opportunity is there. If you look at uh, you know what uh, you know the other local players are charging you know uh, customers I think that is a bit you know bad it shows that there's a massive opportunity if you look at how flights are not available how people you know and, and people are being treated by the incumbents we believe that the opportunity is there so therefore uh, from a market opportunity point of view that is still there so we do not believe that you no know, and uh, it's uh, it's something that we st want to work away from. From a uh, focus point of view, we still believe that like you know, SAA also had a very big opportunity in terms of like regionally. So therefore, that is still very much there. You know, we're still looking at issues that like you no, know, you know, there were discussions that they were having with, uh, you know, with Kenya. We believe that that is still you know a great opportunity to look at there from a Pan-African point of view. So there are still you know. Um, uh, uh, opportunities in there that we think still should be exploited and which remain. But that still will still require that I think sooner rather than later the transaction should be 
closed and not suffer any more deterioration. But I'm sure you would like to see operationally how the SAA is performing. And uh, is, for example, Gidon Novik still destined to be the CEO? I think with uh, uh, our partnership with uh, Gidon and, and, and the other guys, you know, at the moment, we, we're trying to manage the issues of, uh, of conflict. And it's only once the transaction is, uh, is finalized, you know, to ensure that there's no conflict that like, you know, those, uh, you know, considerations will be looked at. Because right now, as we're doing due diligence and we're looking at the thing, we are not in a position to enable him to look at, you know, SAA, sort of like, you know, information or whatever, because to, to he, like look at that. Yeah, he operates a competing yeah, airline yeah, at the moment. Airline. So we are not in a position to enable him to look at that. They are minority partners at the moment, at 20%. But once we get operational, you know, we can then, uh, you know, revisit those issues but at the moment we are unable to sort of like expose them to any of these things because of competition issues and not so sort of like you no know, uh, expose you know uh, SAA to a competitor so the situation as we sit here you are still fully committed there are regulatory hurdles to to get over uh, yes. but you foresee in the hopefully weeks and months to come to have a firm handshake and actually a signed uh, contract we that, that's what we're working very hard towards, Don. And and uh, hopefully some of these pressures will ensure that we meet that deadline and it causes everybody to sort of like put your lot your wheel and ensure that we do that. Jeppo, thank you so much for your time today. That was Jeppo Mashlole. He is the chairman of the Takatsa Consortium. Much appreciated, Drake.